All right, everybody, welcome to the 332nd edition of the Holy Backboard Podcast. I am Dustin here in Rip City, and I got my man. Sage here live and direct. We're talking about a prospect we both have some serious FOMO on, so I want you to talk about what his rivals was so we can show them how they missed on Taylor Hendricks. Yeah, obviously the future Friday we are uh, discussing and breaking down today is Central Florida's Taylor Hendricks. He is a 6'9", 210-pound forward. Uh, The wingspan still is yet to be determined. We'll probably find that out at the Combine. And he is a freshman. Um, Kind of came out of the woodworks. Like, came out of left field. Nobody really expected him to be a one-and-done, sort of like Malachi Branham last year for Ohio State. Um, solid player, you know, four-star from, from rivals, the ninth overall uh, power forward coming out of the, the, the class. He was from uh, Calvary Christian Academy in Fort Lauderdale, Florida, but by no stretch of the imagination was he considered on anybody's radar really coming into the season. If you looked at any mock drafts or any big boards, top power forwards lists, his name was was left off, but he had a really sensational uh, eye-popping year at UCF where he played in 34 games. Uh, played 35 minutes a night and the college games are 40 minutes. So he's essentially playing like 90% of, of his team's games averaged uh, 15 points, shot 48% from the field, shot 40% from three on four and a half attempts per game. Uh, the, the good news shot 78% from the line, uh, which is always a good indicator of trans transitioning from uh, collegiate to the pros hold down seven boards, which you'd love to see as a power forward. Um, blocked nearly two shots per game, uh, almost a steal per game, an assist and a half, um, only one and a half turnovers, which is which is really good to see for such a young player. And he really has has risen. Um, tenth on uh, Tankathon's big board, uh, the third power forward on their list behind Jarris Walker and Cam Whitmore. And the ringer actually bumped him up to number eight on their big board. Uh, his ceiling, if you look at mock drafts, really, I've seen it as high as four. Um, I, I don't think his floor is top 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 12. Like, he will not get past uh, the top 12. He is definitely ace, has solidified himself as a lottery prospect. And I think he's another name that's kind of on, on the rise, where you have so many other, you know, once you get past maybe the big three, maybe throw in the Thompson twins as, as the big five, he is a player that is viewed as someone with a lot of upside. He's already shown the potential. He's already kind of put those flashes to paper, but given his, his age kind of coming out of uh, nowhere, you know, coming on, onto the scene, like hot. And you start to see the measurables. You see how fluid he moves. You see the things that he can do on the defensive end. You see that the shooting stroke and how um, just compact and nice. It looks like it's a, it's an aesthetically pleasing shooting stroke, which you love to see, especially for a big man. All of those things, the modern NBA forward, he is going to rise on these draft boards. I anticipate he's probably not going to slip past number eight. Um, and if you're Portland, you know, you're sitting right there with the fifth best lottery odds, um, probably can't pick lower than ninth if you stay at five. So you're this could be a prospect right in your radar. And not only could he be the best available prospect, but he is a definite position of need. Oh, yeah. As we all know, Portland needs those wings and those forwards. Uh, with size, athleticism, two-way potential. Uh, he really checks all the boxes. Um, and he could be a player that when you look back into this draft class five, 10 years, 
people say he went eight. Why didn't he go top three? Why didn't he go top five? Um, he kind of is the, the flavor of the month right now. In when you look at a lot of the draft content that is being uh, mentioned out there, he is he's a really nice prospect. It's going to be interesting to see what he measures at the combine. And then I think he will soar higher if he has really solid individual workouts. Um, we, we've seen that before with prospects. They just absolutely destroy it in these workouts and their stock starts to inflate. Um, but even if he does struggle a bit, I, I don't see him slipping out of that top eight to 10. Um, Sage, this is a prospect that you're really high on. Uh, why? What does Taylor Hendricks do specifically that, that gets you really excited and, and you believe that he can translate and transform his skill set from the, the NCAA to the NBA? Well, I think for the Blazers, the position of need is so glaring. Obviously, he's behind the two franchise changers in Wimby and Scoot. And then I would put Jarris in front of him. And then really, he's fourth on my list if I was drafting for the Trailblazers. It's the versatility he has to hit threes, play as a playmaking defender, one of the best reactionary defenders in the draft. I think we're. I'm going to compare him to Jarris a lot. I think Jarris anticipates better, but Taylor reacts to stuff at a lot better, like as as the, the best power forward wing in the draft. He just reacts to things, so you I can feel like see he's him. He's got a slightly higher edge when it comes to athleticism as well. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, Jarris has that Zion body, so you don't want him to have the the Zion jumping ability because that 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 body's gonna eventually land on the floor. I th- I mean. Hendricks one's has a just, tank, one's a pogo stick. Yeah, yeah. And Hendricks, I think just the, the athleticism that he has is just so functional for the NBA. He he unloads like all of the athleticism from his legs, and that's what you want in an NBA athlete. Like, I know that the Thompson twins are super duper athletic, but for the NBA, isn't there an argument that you could say Taylor Hendricks is more athletic and properly athletic for the NBA instead of like track and field or whatever. Cause he, what he does and his functional athleticism and his skill to just be a really, really good shooter, man, he he's going to be, I, I have him at four, man. It's the same argument. When you look at somebody like uh, I follow college football recruiting quite a bit and you see like oh this this track star ran like a four two five forty mm. you know just just put him put him on the football field and he and he's going to to dominate well it, it's not just you know how many times do you get the ball in the open field and you just have to outrun your opponent maybe once or twice a season you yeah. get that you have to be able to stop and go you know move left move right and you know turn move your hips like there's just so many different things you have to move your chest you have to move your legs move your arms so it's not just you know front line this is my quick burst this is what i'm going to do as we've seen with shade and sharp he's able to get by his defender early on the year he didn't know what he wanted to do how he wanted to finish like getting to that that burst is only like step one Mm -hmm. then you have to figure out what you're going to do and thankfully we are seeing shade and start to you know go into defenders you know use better angles use his uh, length and throw it up higher off the glass and just find these you know nooks and crannies and crevices to get that ball in the basket it's kind of what you're seeing and describing with, with taylor hendricks is he's going to have to not only use that 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 burst, but 
then figure out how is he going to use his arms. He's got really good timing, and timing is so imperative, especially for a player touted as you know a, a shot blocker, a rim protector, both you know on ball and off ball. He's you know that's probably where I want to start with him is defense. I think when okay, you're drafting Tanner Hendricks, you're drafting him for his defensive potential, right? He is going to go out there and he's going to be an absolute stud block you know protecting that rim and unlike say a rudy gobert or a walker kessler the intent with him is he may not have the actual verticality in terms of the size but he can play away from the basket and you can start to stretch him further and further in terms of his responsibilities he's got good instincts maybe not the level of jairus walker but no it's it's just that reactionary speed is so fast that it makes he's up got, for the, yeah the he, he just knows where to be and then you can start throwing out some really fun lineups like if he able I'm, obviously he's going to bulk up like he's not going to play at 210 for his entire career you think he needs like 20 pounds of muscle yeah i mean i i think probably i would love to see him around 240 you know because I, I was watching the two games you should watch if you're watching a taylor hendrix game houston the first time houston the second time because the first game if you're looking for a guy that's nba bully Jairus Walker is the perfect example, and they're in the same division. He got bullied that first game. Game two, of course, Jairus got his bullying in, but he was much more willing to take on the punishment that Jairus Walker gives. So once once he gets the 20, 25 pounds of muscle, the worry of like him getting bullied is just gone. Like That body is so ready to put on functional strength. Like he has all the potential in the world with that body just to put on like good strength and be, still be able to be quick and explosives. So, I, I mean, that reactionary thing that he has where he could just know he, he sees what's happening and goes is just so if special. he gets up to 230, 240, is there small ball five potential? In oh, his, easily. In his, in I, I, I think so, easily. I don't know if you start him at the five, but you no. play like 20 minutes of his like 30 at the five. Like how 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 often does the power forward and the center on good teams play together at the same time? It's not it, it's not that much. So I'm sure that there will be some small ball five in his future. You don't put him on Jokic or Embiid, but does your starting center have a, 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 any better chance at defending either of those two? Those two are just special for you know, their own reasons. I think you really want to see him grow into a player that if a team like a a Phoenix or Atlanta, where they have really good lob threats out of the pick and roll, that's where you want to see him as the small ball five, because he's able to blow up maybe that, that pick and roll with a Mm -hmm. ball handler, but have the quick reactionary speed to get back and body with an Aiton or a Capella Mm -hmm. and use his length to, to get up there and knock those lob attempts away. Because we all know the NBA is predicated on the pick and roll first and foremost, and those those lobs are so difficult to defend, and you need a specific type of big defender who can play close but can play far, has you know the, the quickness and the nimble feet to, to, to dance with the point guards, but has some strength and athleticism to go up there and really bang with you know the, the true NBA center. So there is a lot of things to love about Taylor Hendricks. Is and what you said is so rare, too. Like is how many guys can guard Chris and then guard Aiton on the same play? It's not is there many anything else defensively that he needs to work on, or do you think he's uh, a pretty, pretty great, ready to plug and play uh, pro- pro- project defensively right off the bat? I mean, I think the the question is the weight. 
when is he going to put on the weight? Because they might that first year he might get bullied by the Aitons, the, the the those type of centers. But honestly, I think you put him on the Bulls, you put him on the Blazers, you put him on a team where there's elite talent like like the Blazers with Dame and Shaden, and he fits in that role right now and has room to to blossom once he puts that weight on. So defensively, I really don't have any. I don't really have any issues with him. You put him in the scheme. He learns the scheme. He's going to make our lives easier because of the reactionary skill set that he has and his movement abilities. Like if Dame gets blown up on on a screen, you don't really have, if if Mike Conley's dribbling, you don't really have the worry that he's blown by Taylor Hendricks. You're, you're good. Of course, Darren Fox is going to those explosive jitterbugs. There's no big guy that can handle him but for a lot of guards i feel perfectly fine with taylor just switching playing defense putting in an effort so the the offensive player has to work a bit like you know there's so many damn good guards that are just too small to be in the nba like the way that he switches onto those guards it's like they're they're confused because a guy that tall that quick shouldn't really exist in their conference so they like do the thing that normally gets the blow by and then it doesn't work. So they have to reset. If the if an NBA player has to reset because Taylor Hendricks is that good of a defender, he's worth his weight in gold. Like he's gonna get three hundred million dollar contracts if he's if he's that defender. Switching gears to the offensive side of the basketball, clearly I think his one uh projected skill set is shooting off mm-hmm. of the catch and shoot from downtown at UCF uh, took nearly five attempts from, from three per game hit almost 40%, which you you love to see. Is there anything else that he could take day one to the league? Or is it just like right now he is only a catch and shoot threat from three. I think he's dunks and threes right now. Cause I, I've seen him in the games that I watched, he just cuts baseline on people not really paying attention off ball. So I think dunks and threes is what he's going to give you day one. UCF tried in the later part of the season to give him more playmaking reps. And I, there's definitely potential since he's so tall. He could, if he develops like that one move, he's just going to shoot over smaller people. Like he has the, he has the ability shooting wise where he just needs to develop and get some counters and get some playmaking reps. And they tried to do it, but I think that he he has an old he has a twin brother that he deferred to a lot. So really he's just learning how to shoot and how to play offense without his his brother. So I, I think that it's a development. And it since we're seeing these for real spikes, and I I, I believe that the shooting is for real. Just think about it when he gets more opportunities in higher level to develop these skills that have just never been utilized because he has a brother that he's been playing with. So I think right now it's the playmaking that he has to work with, but if he can develop any of it, it takes him from a super role player to an all-star. What do you think about his offense? That's the big question mark. I think there's the, the two things holding Taylor Hendricks back, I think are, Going, I think he is a player that does need to go to the right system. I think he's a player that needs to be developed properly. I, I do think he's further away from from developing than maybe a Jerris who is NBA. He's NBA ready right now. 
But then again, I was watching, you know, um, videos on, on Taylor and somebody mentioned that nobody thought he would be this good th this fast. So maybe he does uh, come in right away and you're able to play him 15, 20 minutes a night. Uh, that would be that would be the goal. But I, I think keep the expectations low, let him get into that weight room. I think you're gonna have to bring him along slowly offensively. I do like the ability to catch and shoot. I, I like the the potential to get him in the dunker spot on on offense and let him use his athleticism. But I think when you're, if you're if you're maybe tanking down the stretch or it's a, or it's a blowout or even in the summer league, you want to start to see okay, can we give him the ball in isolation? Can he can he can he dribble past his man? Can he shoot a face up jumper? Is he a pick and pop threat rather than just catch and shoot? Like what are the ways that you can utilize him so he's not just um a three and d type of player right like we i think jeremy grant is kind of a good example of how he evolved as a player at oklahoma city you know you go back to that playoff series where portland was playing them he was almost exclusively in that corner ready to shoot off of uh passing drives from westbrook and, and pg now you saw earlier in the season this year where he had the ball in isolation he could do a little bit of a you know a one dribble pull up he could pick and pop he Euro could step him. He could euro step. He could drive to the basket. Like, can he make that evolution to start to add more things to his bag? Because if you're drafting him in the top five, even as good of even as good of a defender as you can project him, he needs to add more than just being a catch and shoot. Like, you're looking at legitimately like, can this guy be a second star to Shaden down the road? Right? Like, we all love Dame, but if we're drafting and keeping this pick, it's how can this player play next to 19, 20 year old Shaden Sharp for the next 10, 12 years? So you're drafting someone in the, the top four, who knows, top five, who knows the next time you're going to get to this spot. And we all know Portland isn't a free agent destination. So the ability to grab these all-star caliber players is right here via the draft. You have to really believe in Taylor Hendricks that he can get to that level if you're taking him that high. And that's probably why Portland swung for the fences with Shaden Sharp last year is because they knew they needed a superstar level. Thankfully, I think he, I think they hit. Uh, obviously it'll take more development but i think they hit now the now you got the big one off the board i think you got that that all world player that wing off the board now you need to start to do something they haven't done since since 06 when they drafted brandon and lamarcus can they find the robin to shaden's batman and they came close with cj but the the positionality the 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 fit it was just all too similar and it kind of duplicated and almost cannibalized each other when he and Dame were on the floor. So if you're drafting right here for Portland, you need to believe that Taylor can be more than the three and D that he is going to be that they, they can run pick and roll. I mean, we already seen what Shaden can do when he's operating and even finding drew Eubanks on these, you know, pocket passes for dunks on, on these lob passes. Like clearly you want to see that, but what would make him even a better creator is if, if if Drew Eubanks hypothetically was a pick and pop threat. Now you could run that and the defense would have to respect that. They wouldn't be able just to uh, follow Drew to the basket. They'd have to be like, oh, is he going to pop out? Make them think a little bit more. So if Taylor can get that, and I don't think that's too big of an ask. If you're already having a good solid form, you're already shooting 40% from three, 78 from the line. You should be able to hit a 20 foot open jumper. And if Shaden develops like we think he can, he is going to have a similar gravity to that of Damian Lillard, where the defenses are focused on him and it's going to open it up for, for everything else um, to really unlock the, the 99th percentile. I think it's just the dribbling. Can he get by his defender 
Um, I don't know if he's going to be a playmaker. I think Portland would have to figure out that role elsewhere. But if he could dribble and score by himself with Shaden on the bench or Shaden in foul trouble, you know, giving some examples, that's going to really make this pick, you know, a swing and a drive to deep left field, right? Like th- that's going to be a home run pick is if he's able to play the defense, but also be self-sufficient on offense, not always relying on a creator, getting him the ball. That's, that's my biggest question mark. And it's a big question mark for, for a lot of players, Jairus Walker as well. Like it's a hard thing to do. And it's a hard thing to develop, but the teams that are successful now figure that out in, in, in the draft that they draft. Well, I feel like let's talk. I feel like his warts with Taylor are a lot less than Brandon Miller with his lack of athleticism and lack of strength. Both Thompson twins have issues with a men can't shoot worth a damn. Not only can't shoot, the form is just completely broke. broke. He's he, he has troubles with, with, with shooting too. It's a small track record of him being good at shooting. In the playoffs, he shot eight attempts and hit 37%, which is good. But for the longest time, we thought those two couldn't really shoot. So I think that outside of the franchise changers and Jairus, who I think is just better right now and probably in the future than Taylor, I'm willing to take a bet on Hendrix's warts that they're fixable rather than trying to rebuild the Thompson Twins shot or trying to make Brandon Miller 20% more athletic. Because I don't think that's happening. But I think Taylor Hendricks, all of his stuff is rep. You can rep that out. You can rep out getting him one move. And even if it's an inefficient time where he's the star player, it's still better than trying to convince the Thompson twins to fix that broken jump shot. So with that, I'm totally willing to, like, if if the big three of my big three of Jairus and the two franchise changers off the board... I think we are. It is a much easier chance of getting the best out of Taylor Hendricks than it is for those Thompson twins and Brandon Miller. Yeah, I mean, you mentioned the twins have a tough time shooting the ball. Uh, Brandon Miller had a, a good percentage, but I worry about his form and putting the ball right in front of his face. I think NBA defenders could have a field he pays day. more himself. Yeah, cl- closing out, and I think it really limits his ability to do anything other than catch and shoot, right? If you're putting the ball in front of your face, it's going to be harder to come off of screens. It's going to be hard to shoot off the step back. Like, it's just going to be hard to become a versatile scorer. Um, whereas People I, I think- got too excited with Brandon. Like, they call him Paul George, and it's like, Paul George never had these athletic concerns. No. it was the, it, it, it was it, the, it, Wasn't it the opposite? Like, He's a nutty athlete. He we're just worried about his shot. Now it's like Paul George. That's like the thing that you don't worry about is his shot. So I feel like I, Paul George is like the the soup du jour. It's the soup of the day when it comes to comparing six nine wing. Everyone's like Paul George. He looks like I mean that just it's just the name. You see all the comparisons like the nineteenth man shades of Paul George. I'm like no, Spades. if he's had he had spades of Paul George, he would be eight, not not three. nineteen. Yeah. yeah. What would you uh, agree with this? Jairus Walker has a higher floor than Taylor Hendricks, but the ceiling is higher for Taylor Hendricks than Jairus Walker. No, I think both are higher. Really? I think that Taylor Hendricks fits better, but Jairus has the ability, has, you're not putting, you can put Taylor Hendricks in the corner year one. You can't really do that with Jairus. So you have to have a plan with Jairus 
But I think if you have that plan with Jairus, his ceiling's higher. Is there any concern that Jairus is he – he has a football body. Let's just put it – he has a football yeah. body. Is there any concerns about that at the next level being too too bulky? Like too, too friggin' strong. Like he's a tank. <laughs> I hate that we're making the Taylor Hendricks a little bit about Jairus, but it has to be because these, these are the two forward prospects that Portland could be staring down. Yeah. Like who I don't who, really have any like I I obviously I have I have concerns about Zion, but I don't think Jairus is that nutty of an athlete where like I think everything's like he 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 is a good athlete. And like on the fast break. Some point guard is going to think about taking a charge from him, and then no one will ever do that shit again because he's too strong. I, I don't really have that worry about Jairus with the injury issues. So, no, I, that's why I think that he he's obviously safer, but I think that he Taylor is trying to develop the the playmaking and the, the moves, but Jairus already has it. And if he makes his footwork better, it, it, it's it's going to be a problem for the rest of the league. Like, you know, I love AJ Griffin. He couldn't drive to the lane straight and he was still a good prospect. Jairus kind of has that issue with his feet footwork. So if he can get the feet footwork good, sky's the limit for Jairus Walker. Taylor's got the better jump shot though. Oh, fuck. Yeah. So you are putting more stock in Jairus catching up to Taylor's jump shot than Taylor catching up to Jairus's playmaking ability. Yes. I, I, I think that shooting is a lot easier to develop than playmaking. I don't think Taylor's a good playmaker right now. No. Yeah. He, he, no, I think it's, it's too young in his de- development. Jairus's vision's special. So I think, I think it'll be easier to rep out shots than it will be rep out playmaking. I, I do think Taylor's ceiling might be a little higher. I, I, I think Jairus is the better floor. I think he has the higher floor, but I think shooting is it's just not as easy as, as it, it think you, you think Jairus it is. Shot 40% off catch and shoot, so it's not like he's the no, Thompson twins off. Like, I, I just he's bouncy. Some of the blocks that I've like I just both of I, them I have think, humongous ceilings. Yeah. Yeah, okay. <laughs> I like the both those prospects. I just I think Taylor's ceiling would be a- so would you take him over Jarris because of the potential? So Ooh, let's that say that's a good that is a good question. So I the Thompson would, twins are gone, Brandon's gone, and then the two franchise changes are gone. One, I, I'm not a I don't think I think Brandon Miller's an overrated prospect. So I have both of these players ahead of Brandon Miller. I have them both ahead of uh, Amen Thompson as well. I, I don't think that I you have to be able to shoot in today's NBA. Um, a man simply can't. I think the shot's completely broke. I think he's definitely. It's hard to say. Like on one hand, I'm like yes, he's definitely worthy of a top ten pick. But on the other hand, my 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 head is saying he's not going to pan out because he can't shoot. So why would you take a top ten pick on that player? So it's like you have to really figure something out with with a man and and make it. He he is the ultimate scheme fit. Like he has to go to the right scheme, right team, right. right players around him it, it's not like a dame or an anthony davis where day one they're like yep they fit in with everybody right he it, it's the opposite so that's difficult i'm intrigued by asar because the shooting technique is much improved and that is already a massive step in, in the right direction and i think he's a fantastic defender so i think if i had to say right now like my, my five you've got wemby scoot you've got jaris you've got hendrix and you've got asar thompson i really yeah, like my those 
I like those five. I think I'm higher. I, I like the other Thompson twin more than more than the other. And the, I think the, the the less heralded Thompson twin. Yeah, I I, I I think I see something more translatable in, in the modern NBA. I think Asura um, also has the best outside of Scoot. He has the best handle in the class. Scoot's the best dribbler, but Asura, mm-hmm. like I think you're going to have the Asar step back or the Asar behind the back in NBA 2K in a few years. Amenke is too fast for any dribble moves, really. If you watch him, he's just like, like he'll try and do the same move. And then it's a turnover because he's too damn fast. But yeah, those are my five as well. But so would you take him? Would you take Hendricks over Jarris? I wouldn't. You would take Taylor Hendricks over Jarris? No, no, no. I would take Jarris over Hendricks. I don't know yet. I want to watch. I want to see how they measure at the combine. Uh, I want to watch. I know it's like trivial and they're mostly one-on-one workouts but sometimes they do five on five i want to see footage from teams when they you have think this, they'll take part in the five on five shaden did five on five workouts but shaden was also the man of mystery but he was also guaranteed top 10 so it's like he's you know i i want to see like that that footage that teams released because you saw stuff shaden was doing like oh fuck like this this guy's legit yeah like he just he looks the part like there's something about watching a prospect in like yep that that he just he's he's going to be it you know sometimes they don't look that great in these workouts and it turns out great but you feel better when you see those workouts you're like okay the, the way they carry themselves the way they move on the floor they have a natural gait it just looks smooth and effortless it's kind of what i want to see so i need to see more um it'll be interesting to see what else the blazers do uh in the, the offseason, but I think they can't go wrong if they don't get one of those top two picks with either of the forwards. Uh, give me some comps for, for Taylor Hendricks. I think his bottom, I mean, this guy had some major injury issues, but when you watched him at Auburn, Chuma Okiki has all the same defensive greatness like those the the steals per game, the blocks per game, the the, the energy was so similar to to uh, Taylor that I was like, well, that, that, that has to be the comp. Now injuries really ruined his NBA career, but when he plays, he still has the ability. His lateral quickness is kind of gone, but he's still fast as hell. So he gets the defensive stats. Like I, he, he can get like five stocks in a, in a 20 minute period, but like the, 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 the athleticism, the defense of Chuma Okiki in Orlando, that, that, if if shit goes wrong with Taylor, I still think he's got the Chumo Kiki defensive specialist energy guy locked down. Who do you have for his middle? Who do you have for his fiftieth? Uh, I don't have a bottom. I couldn't figure think of one. It, you know, it's really difficult because he's so tall and such a such a good shooter that like maybe maybe someone like Tyrus Thomas with a league average three point stand in the corner shot. Like you know, I I loved Tyrus Thomas at LSU too. Full disclosure, wanted him more than LaMarcus Aldridge. I was enamored with that that Sweet 16. I think it was a lead eight or Sweet 16 mm-hmm. game where he completely dis, dis, just dismantled, you know, L.A. Awesome shot blocker, awesome athlete. Just could never figure it out in the NBA. Couldn't shoot. Uh, I, th- I do think Taylor can shoot. That's why I think it could just be like a, a Tyrus type of player with, you know, just stand in the corner type of offensive abilities. And he can do Like, I think both of them have the ability to to cut really well and, yep. and use that God-given athleticism. I was looking at all the stats and like, it was nothing but like Malik Beasley, 
type of like six four, six five guards with the the shooting ability of Taylor, and it's like there's not that many six nine dudes that have the shooting versatility of Taylor Hendricks. So it's really difficult. My middle and top are based on the movement a lot and the defensive acumen of them. And I really don't like this person's personality. But when I look at the bodies and the way they move, John Isaac is a really good comp for the movement and the body. John Isaac can't shoot. John Isaac. What's up? Pre-injury, correct? Pre-injury, of course. But like John Isaac that can have like a really good jumper, I think could change things. Like even in the 10 minute spurts that he has in Orlando, he is putting up some numbers defensively and like with with his athleticism. So a pre-injury good attitude, um, good shooting Jonathan Isaac. I I mean, the bodies are just so similar. You see what John Isaac looks like when he put on the good muscle. It's like, those two look quite similar and, and move the same. Yeah, I, I would I would agree with that. I, I don't think there's a, a better comparison for, for middle. Like, I, I think he's a better shooting John. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. He, he's like a good shooting John, my which ceiling, is an all-star, I think. My ceiling for Taylor, and you have to hear me out, is a modern-day version of Cliff Robinson. I like it. Robinson was sixth man of the year. He was an all-star in 94. Had he played in this era, he would have been a multi-time all-star. He could have possibly been a defensive player of the year. I know Jaron Jackson Jr. gets thrown out there a lot. But to be honest, I'm not the biggest uh, Triple J fan. Um, I I don't think he's he's going to win it. I don't think he's the best defensive player in, in the league. I think Cliff Robinson had a good handle. Uh, he could shoot the one dribble pull up. He was shooting threes before any other six nine mm-hmm. six ten big man was shooting threes. He had defensive versatility. You go back and watch any of those finals games against the Bulls when they went small and played Cliffy at the five. That's when they disrupted a lot of things that Chicago wanted to do. He could meet players at the rim. He was pretty damn good off ball. He had length, wingspan. He had athleticism. He was great uh, in transition. Like, I, I don't think a lot of people realize how ahead of his time. He was version 1.0 of what we're talking about right now. He's top 10 Blazers all time in, in blocks, I believe in rebounds and in points. Uh, basically just was incredible for the entire 1990s. And then obviously transformed his game once he went to Phoenix and New Jersey and Detroit mm-hmm. into just that that stretch big who was just money off of the, the pick and pop and the catch and shoot i i really think that could be his ceiling because cliff really could do it all like rick adelman just he waited a long time to unleash him mm-hmm. like back then kind of you were if you're stuck behind a guy who had more seniority you were just stuck behind a guy and obviously back then you weren't playing guys out of position like you weren't playing cliff at the three you weren't playing at the five he was like he played the five a little bit maybe for a necessity for example kevin duckworth breaks his hand in the 1990 first round Cliff, as a rookie, has to go out there and he defended David Robinson, right? Like a grown-ass rookie, David Robinson, mm-hmm. Hall of Famer, NBA 75 greatest, and he blocked him up. He he showed that versatility, able to defend the best of the best at the centers, but it could also stretch the floor. Like So I think like Taylor Hendricks puts it all together. You're looking at a modern-day version of what Cliff Robinson did in Portland, and that player is definitely 
Robin material to, to Shaden's Batman because you're guaranteed to get a couple of all star appearances, all all NBA defense, and you know had had the Blazers just been maybe ahead of the time a little bit. And it's hard to fault Rick Adelman for doing so. Like, I think a lot of people would look at Cliff Robinson in a little bit different light. They may think of that ceiling as like, that's it. Well, you have to realize what the game, what he was doing when the game was being played in, in the 90s. And then see what it's being played at now. Because I see a lot of similarities uh, between the two. You know, I was going to say Jaron Jackson, but then I watched that Houston game again. I don't think Jaron's more clunky in his movements. Jaron is a, that's, thank you. Like he is so clunky. I was watching, you know, obviously the the Grizzlies just played the Blazers. He's clunky. Jaron's got a bit of a clunky release from three. It's. I I think his movement's clunky. He's very clunky. Taylor. Yeah. I I would completely agree with that. I, I think that's another lazy comparison. So when I'm thinking of movement, especially with young guys that are defensive specialists, I was like, he reminds me of Evan Mobley with his movement abilities. Like, Evan Mobley is the guy that people say, like, this is the next great defending big. Some next Kevin Garnett. Yeah. But I think if if we were the coaches of UCF, be, be Kevin Garnett, Taylor. If you can be Kevin Garnett and use the, like, develop all of the stuff, I I think he's on the Evan Mobley track. and. Right now, we would trade everything for an Evan Mobley. So, yeah, I think I, I think he's going to follow the Evan Mobley type of defender and offensive player. So, yeah, I, I have him as an Evan Mobley. But I, I think that Cliff, I, we're talking about, you know, the version 1.0 of what the we want in the modern four. So I, I, I definitely see the, I, I, oh, man, these, these, these top end things I think are achievable. Like we could talk about a sore being Tracy McGrady. I don't think he hits it as much as Taylor Hendricks hits Clef Robinson or Evan Mobley. So, yeah, I, I have him at four or five. Man, like he he's he's that dude. He he he's him. So yeah, I I I think it was. I think people are gonna eventually find out about Taylor Hendricks. I know like draft Twitter and. Um, you know the the blogs are starting to catch up, but I think that I, I'm I'm willing to throw my dart at top five Taylor. Yep, I would agree with that, and I think that is a great spot to wrap up this Future Friday on Central Florida's Taylor Hendricks. We will be back again next Friday. We will be discussing national champion Jordan Hawkins from the University of Connecticut, sophomore shooting guard who is a bona fide bucket getter. Uh, Sage, let our listeners know where they can find us and uh, take this one on home. We are available on iTunes, Stitcher, Himalaya Podcast. Everywhere you get your podcast, we're there. Leave us, us, us a nice review, five-star us, and we'll be back next week with Dustin's favorite shooting guard prospect. <laughs> All right, everybody, peace.